This week on Commander Paradise, we're talking about how the text boxes are too damn big. goes do 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 yeah. it goes right into the theme <laughs> hell yeah well yeah well uh welcome to commander's paradise like you just heard there's too many damn words on cards these days and we're we've got an expert here who's going to help us get to the bottom of this mystery and why both cards have become so long and why it's so hard to read I hate reading personally, so maybe we I picked a, wrong, a bad hobby, but um, we're going to get into it today. We're going to get to the bottom of it. Uh, I am your host, Ryan, and my co-host is... Tyler. And to, together, together, we're Commander's Paradise. Um, and then our special guest today, our super expert on words on cardboard is... Hi, I'm Josh. How's it going? Yeah, Woo! the crowd goes crazy. <laughs> Hi, Josh. Hi. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? We've known you for a long time. Josh kind of actually really got us into Magic yeah, uh, as a, he, as a that, big group. Yeah, that's how I got into it. Yeah, yeah I played a little bit before, but Josh is uh, was kind of the dude with the big box of cards that he brought to the party, <laughs> and then we all got hooked, so. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, we all went to college together, and like, it was like, I feel like it was like a couple weeks before the end of senior year, I like show up with this big box of magic cards, and I'm like, you guys want to learn to play some magic? And like, literally like, it felt like there was like 10 of us there all just kind of learning magic for the first time. One thing that I remember was so funny to me, you guys, like <laughs> you latched onto the idea of untap, upkeep, draw like so fast. <laughs> like that must have been said like a hundred times that day, which I thought was like hilarious. So, but yeah, I still so, do that to this day. That's I know. I, I hear you guys un- doing it too. It stuck around. I don't know. Something about that just really <laughs> sat well with your brains and, and you know, it just it's a it makes habit. sense. It's just it makes sure you don't forget because there's three important steps in there because you got to untap all your shit. The upkeep is like super weird and super important for lots of stuff, and then you always got to draw a card. So like I don't know, it just sets everything right. It's like having coffee in the morning. It like just gets the whole gets everything up and running perfectly. That's a good analogy. Yeah, yeah, and rhythmically it just feels nice. Yeah, it's untap, fun to upkeep. say untap, upkeep, draw, and then you go into your turn. Yep. You're like running. You're also kind of announcing that you're starting your turn. I feel like in Commander, it's kind of, you know, like a nice like. All right, I'm going. Yeah, especially in Commander where there's four people that can have priority too. It's nice because it's like I'm moving to this anything, and everyone's like no, and you're like okay, anything at this, and everyone's like no, and you're like okay, let's go. So it kind of helps just make sure that everyone has a voice at the table and not just like passing over someone because there's a conversation happening. <laughs> anyway, that 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 was always good. And then so for for just who I am though, I'm a I 
I think I probably celebrated my 10-year Magic playing anniversary like last summer sometime. So I've been playing for quite a while, and I'm also a um, game development student and longtime listener to another Magic podcast, Mark Rosewater's Drive to Work, where I feel like I've learned a ton, basically as much as I can about uh, how magic is made, and like it's my life goal to work at Wizards. So maybe someday <laughs> that'll we can look back at this podcast, sick. and you can have a Wizards employee on it. But for now, I'm studying, and I would love to work in design or the uh, the editing team, which I think we're gonna get into a little bit what that team even is, because I feel like a lot of people don't even know it exists. Um, and yeah, we'll talk about some editing and some templating things. Yeah, which is like way more exciting than I feel like people would probably think it is. Yeah. Because um, this like honestly kind of impacts the way the entire game moves. Because um, if a card is formatted weird, then it, it takes so much time to figure out what's going on. It takes like especially older cards that just say things that don't even make sense anymore crazy shit yeah um the old cards yeah absolutely mm-hmm. like bury it you're like what do you mean by bury it? <laughs> like that kind of makes sense because it's a graveyard Remove but like for a game. second you're like what bury it what what's that um yeah which is sick um and also big fingers crossed you know we want we want you there um at wizards making the cards yeah, i would i would love to to do that. I feel like there's magic is such a fun and creative game. It's creative to play, but it's, it's, you know, it almost makes you like, I feel like for as long as I've been playing magic, I've been wanting to design magic. Like that's to me. I always say this is my, this is my hot take about magic. My soapbox about magic is that it's a game where the core game mechanic is game design. You are designing the game, yeah. Because right, because it's like here's some pieces, make a game. You know, you get to choose what cards go in your deck. You get to choose what formats you play. So that's like my big, overarching thought on Magic is like, this game is about making a game. Yeah, yeah. Like you have the the basic rule set and you have the understanding of the way it works. But it's up to you to like tell the story and put it all together to do exactly. something. Exactly, I think like that's that. why there's so many different formats and different ways people play because they all find a different way of expressing the game that is magic to them. So, absolutely, and that's also just like building themed commander decks. Yeah, that's know, a big. That's a big part of why commander I think is exploded totally because it's like you can because like. A lot of the older 60-card formats, it's like you got your meta decks, and like, yeah, there's brews, but like, that's not what's like winning like every week on like MTGO, you know? It's like you got your meta decks, and then you got your down below where people are like, like, that's where like the weird stuff happens until one breaks through and then becomes a meta deck. But like, so Commander breaks away from all that, and you can really like do weird stuff. But also, like, um, cube lets you build your game build right. make your own game a lot or um yeah there's all these formats i find i i'm so for me i love limited i love as you guys are familiar like weird jank limited formats yeah. like those delight me to no end i find those so fun so but just like the idea of you can yeah. create a format i mean a magic format is basically a game you know like it's basically its own game yeah each one's different yeah so 
I agree. I feel like Commander almost yeah. has that within like another level down where you're like, my deck is playing its own game. I'm playing this combo that I'm trying to assemble, or I'm playing this strategy that has, you know, these game components. And, you know, I've designed this deck. The deck is is its own little game. You know, you're, you're playing these mini games. So I feel like Commander, definitely. Yeah, you're like, I'm here to, like, maybe win this game of Commander, but if I can get, like, these three creatures out, they're all best friends, and they're going on an adventure together, and if I can play the, the right enchantment, then they're, like, on the right adventure. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, like, this little thing that also kind of, like, helps fill in the space between turns if you're not going, like, super fast. Um, and it's just cool that there's a competitive card game that also is able to, where you can make a deck around, like, creatures being best friends and they have to be out on the field at the same time <laughs> or even just something something stupid that you want to do like just like for I, my, one of my favorite decks is my my titania sack your own lands yeah. deck, as you guys know and like it's got its own little like subplot going on in my mind which is like if i can sacrifice all my lands and it's good I don't even care if I win. I feel like I won already. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, you've got your own game, your own goals. Yeah, you got to do your own thing. You got to, half the time it's not even about winning. It's just like whatever that little pop-off moment for you is. Totally. I'm trying to think of any decks that I, that Krinko's kind of like that where I'm like, if I can make like 60 goblins in a turn, that's sick. I'm like so happy with that. You can all turn on me and bash me and stuff. I don't care. That's cool. As long as I made like a bunch of goblins at one point, I'm really happy with the game. Yeah. I feel like that's most of my decks because it's like I don't care. I mean, yeah, I, I, I do play to win. I do like winning, but I just want my deck to get the engine going and do its thing. You know, like Ozgear, I just want to make an obnoxious amount of artifact copies and like just have just take a bunch of game actions. Or, uh, that's like Yogmoth too. If I, if I just have a turn where I'm just consistently like, oh, I put this guy in the oven and I, I sacrifice this dude and then I make all these rats and I sack all these rats and mm-hmm. I'm drawing a bunch of cards and going crazy. I'm like, eh, I'm probably going to lose cause that was a crazy turn. But like I drew half my deck just from like sacking rat tokens. So yeah. that's fun. We made the engine and we did something or Falco, like my Falco Spara like counters deck, I it, I don't really know how the deck wins. I think it's won one time and I've played it like ten times, but it's so fun because I just like get a bunch of dudes out with counters and then I'm just like casting all of the stuff off the top of my library and I'm just dirtling and I'm not really doing anything, but it like it feels like I'm doing a bunch of stuff. It's <laughs> dirtling in Value Town. It's like so much value that you're like you're just gonna win through sheer might. Yeah, but like. Somehow, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, something's going to pop up. Um, yeah, but that deck's fun. It's funny. I kind of, in a way, the, what we're describing is a lot like, um, have you guys played Slay the Spire? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right? yeah, yeah. In, in a way, a game of Commander from, you know, a player perspective is like is like a roguelike. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> you know yeah, you I mean? start like, You start at the beginning and you have your resources and it's like, how do we get to the end? It's because... It's like almost like how far can you get, you know, what goals can you reach in this run? You know, it's not about are you going to win this game? Like if you, be, you know, if you beat, you know, Slay the Spire, I've been playing that lately. If you don't know, by the way, if you're a listener and you don't know what Slay the Spire is, it's like a, a deck builder roguelike with like a node map system. And you're just trying to, there's like an ending technically, but you just want to do it over yeah. and over. Like and any roguelike. It's like, 
Like any roguelike, exactly. And it's like, so winning isn't the point. It's like, what did you do this time? Yeah, and the cards so. are cool. They all interact in cool ways. So there's like moments where you're like, oh, I, I played all these cards for free. It has kind of like a Hearthstone mechanic, mechanic where you get like X amount of points per turn that you can spend. Um, and then it's 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 kind of like that engine because once the engine's running, you're just like playing a bunch of cards yeah. and discarding and drawing and like it's really fun. Um, yeah, I feel like Commander has like a, a game flow that's really similar to that feeling, which is interesting. I've never actually thought of that before no i haven't but either but you're totally right it's kind of cool so it kind of makes sense that there's an audience there for that you know that that audience i think would overlap a lot yeah if you're at home and you haven't tried to slay the spire definitely give it a recommend it's awesome yeah, yeah. like because you're totally right because for sure it, it scratches a magic itch roguelike. and and almost yeah. like you're saying like a commander itch at the same time rogue so should we get into our uh, our other topic for today? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Enough gumming it up. Tell us what templating and uh, editing is all about. Yeah, so if you're listening to this and you're like, wow, editing, that sounds thrilling. Templating, what what even is that? Like, why do I care? Why do I care if the, you know, if the text is aligned slightly higher? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> why do I care about the margins? Why does um, it matter there's a period or not? <laughs> Right. Well, you know, these things, they do matter. And, and let's just talk. Let me give you an example of what templating does for magic. So here for uh, for Ryan and Tyler here, here's a card for you. Uh, so this is this is the text on this card. I right? imagine a magic card. This is what it says. Pick a creature and hit it with three damage. If it goes away, pick up a card and put it into your hand and your life goes up by three. Does that sound like a magic card? No. Not no. It sounds like a magic card in sheep's clothing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. It Hit sounds it not, but you do you kind of get what it does generally? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that templating is basically one of the goals of templating is putting card effects into what, what is referred to as magic ease. Right? Because magic, you know, the English version of magic is in English, right? The words are in English, most of them. But it's not written like English sentences necessarily. Like that same card in Magic Ease. Hey, I'll read the card one more time and then I'll read the Magic Ease version. So I said, pick a creature and hit it with three damage. If it goes away, pick up a card and put it into your hand and your life goes up by three. The Magic version is oh, deal wait, three wait. damage to target creature. I was going to pause. Oh, no, I was going to say we should pause for a second. Um, pause the, pause the podcast right here. Mm -hmm. Think about what it would be in a magic card. Mm -hmm. And then Josh, give us what it is. So see how close you guys were. All right. Yeah. If you were, if you were, if you're good at templating, maybe you were able to successfully template this card in your head. It should say deal three damage to target creature. When that creature dies this turn, draw a card and you gain three life. That's a perfectly reasonable magic card. Kind of sounds kind of sweet. I don't know what it costs. No, that'd be a it dope card. Awesome. Yeah, that have to. What do you think this would cost? I don't know. It's kind of tough to say. It's definitely a red if, card. If it's playable, it would be like red black, just like just Rakdos. But yeah, red black. That'd be maybe busted. Red white. It's that'd be like really a... good. It'd be like a red black lightning helix. Yeah, exactly. That card's so oh, bad. that'd be brutal. Um, maybe make it sorcery speed, so it's not like a staple, but. Right, we uh we 
we changed a bunch of things about this card, and we used some of the things, some of these words that when you play Magic, you start to just see them and interpret them like you don't even notice they're there. Words like target, dies, draw, gain, life, you know, these words that just, they mean something, but they don't necessarily mean their English meaning necessarily. Like target, for instance, the way that the word target is used in magic, deal three damage to target creature. It's like a, like a weird writer on the word creatures, like a describe, like that's not how you say target in English. So if you've never heard magic cards before, that would probably sound, the first version would probably sound more like something you understand, where the second one is like hard to understand. And, but magic, as you learn it, you start to understand these rules of templating and the sort of rules of how magic is written. And it makes you be able to parse cards and their effects faster. And so that's kind of one of the goals of templating is to give all of magic a consistent wording that makes it easier to play. Absolutely. Because if you, and it's also crazy because this also saves space Yeah. in terms of, it does. Yeah, it's a if, little like, bit shorter. So for everyone at home, the first one is like three lines just by a little bit. But what is the actual magic text fits, fits like very cleanly on two lines. So I think that's also really important as we go into the rest of the conversation too, is thinking about um, the space that the words are also taking up. Because each card is this, the same space. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of one of our big topics for today is how do we communicate what a card wants to do with less text or just the right text, the text that when you read it, you're like, oh yeah, I see what it's trying to do. That's kind of the the topic for today and a topic that's been talked about over the last couple of years as uh, as card text boxes get longer and longer. Obviously the text box doesn't change, <laughs> just the text. It comes these tiny, you know, microbial fonts and they're trying to fit flavor text in there and it, it just, it slows down... Reminder text. Reminder text, yeah. These these mechanics with massive, massive reminder text boxes. And we're going to see if we can talk about some ways that we could maybe come up with some ideas for how to improve that or just why it even is that way. And for the record, this card that I made up, um, I actually had to look up how to template it properly. The effect says when that so deal three damage to target creature when that creature dies this turn draw a card and you gain three life that little part of the text when that creature dies this turn it's a very particular line uh mm -hmm. i had to look up and see because the wording that has for that has changed a couple of times and like another version you could say is when that creature dies this way right yeah it has to die to this effect but that is a very little use. I've discovered that's on like four cards and a lot of it is like old card errata. There's another version that's like when a creature dealt damage this way dies this turn. Yeah, no, I've seen that. There's a lot of red cards that do that. Because if it would die, exile it instead. Like stuff like that. Exactly. I think that when... I think that they've recently updated it so that they got rid of when a creature dealt damage this way dies this turn. Change that to when that creature dies this turn because it's we already know what creature it is so well so question that would that mean that when let's say i deal three damage to it and then i board wipe would i draw a card yeah i think that you should right in the same way that you would exile weird. it with you know like pillar of flame or whatever 
Yeah, because that would obliterating be obliterating bolt. Obliterating bolt yeah, exactly. stipulation that sticks Lava to coil. the card through the whole turn. Yeah, exactly. Obliterating bolt says the same thing, right? If that creature or planeswalker would die this turn, exile it instead. So it's just gonna care for the rest of the turn, which feels a little bit weird, right? Like you could like shoot it and then block it in combat and it would die or something like that. So some it's interesting, right? That's probably why it's sorcery speed too. So right, with obliterating bolt, yeah. Um but these are the sort of the micro things that templating like cares about, right? Like when this creature di- when a- when that creature dies this way is different than dies this turn, right? They do two slightly different things. So yeah, absolutely. Um, why don't we get into a couple of other examples I have of just to continue to kind of talk about what it is? So templating is the job of the editing team, and uh, the editing team does handles templating and card editing and really just like the words on the cards and like we were just talking about right here sometimes templating gets updated so i have a good example here you guys ever heard of the card the hive from alpha no no Uh, it's from alpha from alpha yeah you should look it up so the hive i'll read it out loud i'm gonna read you guys the alpha text right so this text has been updated since alpha uh as much alpha text has um. Oh, this thing. You yeah. See this? So this is the first card that ever made tokens. So here's what the hive says. It's a it's a artifact that costs five. It's a mono artifact, which <laughs> yes, a mono artifact just means that it has a tap ability. We're not gonna get into mono artifacts and whatever at this time. So let's just say for the sake of comprehension, it has the ability five tap, and this is what it says. Creates one giant wasp, a 1-1 flying creature. Represent wasps with tokens, making sure to indicate when each wasp is tapped. Wasps can't attack during the turn created. (laughs) Treat wasps like artifact creatures in every way, except that they are removed from the game entirely if they ever leave play. If the hive is destroyed, the wasps must still be killed individually. (laughs) I love alpha text. It's so funny. Yeah, that last line, if the hive is destroyed, the wasp must still be killed individually is so funny. <laughs> so funny. So, right, this card has been updated to now the text box. All it says is, five and tap, create a 1-1 colorless insect artifact creature token with flying named wasp. Which is like two lines of text instead of eight, seven. There's some, eight, um, 10th edition doesn't even say colorless. They cut that out too. Yeah, so the current uh, the current oracle text tells you exactly what the artifact creature token you're making is, and that's it. It's just implied that you know um, what a t- how a token works. Right. So this is an example of really old templating that was before. This card basically defined the rules of tokens. Tokens didn't exist before this card, so it needed to tell you what happened with them at the time, right? They can't attack the turn created. They're just like regular creatures. They have summoning sickness. They're an artifact creature in every way, except that they're removed from the game entirely if they leave play, right? We know that about tokens, that if they leave the battlefield, they just cease to exist, and that their existence is not tied to this card in any way. Uh, but we, we know those things are true just with the inherent, you know, 
Another Actually, highlight is token. that the hive could be one of your rares in a uh, Magic 30 edition. <laughs> so you could pay like $250 and get uh, the hive. Hell yeah. The hive and oh, the, the hive. Egg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, the hive was extremely popular. People loved the hive, which is kind of hilarious because it's one it's of the sick. worst cards ever. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's so bad. 10 mana, make a 1 1 flyer. It's I'm sure the so first time bad. that they were like, I could just make a creature by tapping this thing and mm-hmm. putting some mana, you know, to like, I'm sure because tokens are uh, like the whole thing now, you know? Right. Like, oh, yeah. Imagine back in the day and then someone just plays Pestilence and it's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So templating fixes cards like this, right? Templating takes cards that, you know, you wouldn't want to have to read the hive on every card that makes a token right if you you know any card that makes a token we now have the templating technology to just know what tokens do right and we have the words to to write that out simply so that it can be used because if we didn't we would have to you know imagine if you're spelling out what tokens that we just couldn't really make token cards it would just be too many words yeah way too many words yeah like dockside wouldn't exist exactly the entirety of cabarettes would be a, a disaster. Everything. So many things, yeah. So another thing that uh, the templating does is it tries to. Um, so I'm trying to pull up a card here. It it keeps an eye on cards that exist that you know that are they're making to make sure that they're not too confusing or they're written in a way that is legible, right? It's readable makes sense so a card i have chosen to make an example of this is the card chains of mephistopheles you guys familiar with this one classic yeah yeah, yeah. I, i've read it so many times dude i don't i still don't know what the fuck it i does. have no clue i've read i've literally like read like spent like 10 minutes sitting down trying to understand it and i don't get it and the funny I, thing yeah there's a flow chart yeah the, the chains of mephistopheles flow chart is amazing i've seen that Oh, <laughs> that's hilarious. You're like, what What happens? I drew a card. What do I do? Here's what it does. I'm going to read you both the, the original text and the oracle text, neither of which make any sense. It's a black artifact, costs one and a black enchantment. I say artifact, it's enchantment. Every time a player draws a card, that player must first discard a card from his or her hand. If there are no cards in player's hand, take top card from library and place it in the graveyard instead of drawing. This enchantment does not apply to the first card drawn by a player during the draw phase. That's the original text. Now, templating went in and tried <laughs> Wait, that's not actually to, that bad. That's not that bad. Tried to write it out in a way that... The problem is that that card doesn't quite follow magic ease, right? That's written in more yes, plain yeah. language. So you have to write it in a way that... Uh, one of the things Reads about magic like is that it has to be cards. interpreted by a computer, right? Because online magic exists. So things have to be written in such a way that it is always, you know, you know exactly what it does and a computer can understand it. So the Oracle text is, if a player would draw a card except the first one they draw in each of their draw steps, that player discards a card instead. If the player discards a card this way, they draw a card. If the player doesn't discard a card this way, they mill a card. So what does Chains of Mephistopheles do? Okay, I, I got the flow chart. I'm does ready. It, does it make you discard your whole hand and then mill a card? <laughs> or do you discard a card and draw? Well, it's a one-time replacement effect. So I th- it doesn't like just keep going. But it So it wouldn't trigger off you drawing the other card? 
Correct. Oh, I'm okay. pretty sure. Okay, because I imagined that it was like, oh, so you have to discard a card. Now that you've discarded a card, draw a card. Oops, you drew a card. Discard no, a card. That's kind of you know, like <laughs> I believe. Josh, let me know if I'm wrong, but it's kind of like um, like angel that angel where it's like you when you gain a life you gain plus one life instead it just it just doesn't go forever it's not like well i gained a life so i'm gonna gain plus one. Oh, but with that plus one i also yeah i don't think one, chains so. of mephistopheles sees itself um yeah it's uh, replacement okay. e- replacement yes. effect yeah stinky but still weird what's the flow chart say it says a player is about to draw a card get ready then you go to the next quadrant down. Is it the first card up the player is drawn um, in his or her draw step? Yes, that player just draws a card. And no, the player needs to discard a card. Then, did the player discard a card? Yes, then they need to draw a card. And then if no, if they did not draw a card, the player puts the top card of his or her library into his or her graveyard. Still confusing. So that's yeah. Kind of you can in a way you could kind of think of it like uh like hole breacher right where if they would draw a card yeah. instead you instead this happens so if you're drawing extra instead you cards, make treasure instead you have to if you have cards in your hand you have to rummage first you have to discard and then draw yeah if you don't but have cards once you in your have hand, no cards in your hand you're basically only going to start milling you mill right cards right yeah so yeah, yeah so you never get cards in your hand again. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is brutal. Yeah, right. It basically prevents people from drawing extra cards. That's kind of like generally what it does. I'm not sure. The fact that they're that last part about if they don't if they don't discard a card, they mill a card is, is wild. So weird. Yeah, yeah. Like why why even have that? Anyway, this is these are the questions that we're, we're so. Templating and the editing team keeps their eye out for cards that, you know, like when if you were the designer of Chains of Mephistopheles, you're like, oh, I want to prevent people from drawing extra cards, but I also don't want to prevent them from ever, you know, drawing more cards. So I'll just kind of put this weird limit on it and you come up with this effect and you're like, yeah, you know, if you draw a card, you know, you, you discard a card first. Like, and then if you, you know, and then when you have to put it into actual magic text, it's like impossibly impossible to understand. The editing team is there to be like, yeah, we're not saying that. Let's find a better way to put that, or you know, let's get rid of extraneous part like text on the card that's not actually useful or serving the purpose. So, yeah, there's a couple of other things that I wanted to point out, and actually, Chains of Mephistopheles has one of them, which is that one of the other things that we were talking about already is you know reducing the amount of words on the card. One of the ways that they do this is with um truncating words into keywords, right? We know about keywords already. We already talked about some, you know, target and dies and draw. We don't really think of those as keywords necessarily because they're just so but they common, are, yeah. but they mean things. Yeah, they, right, they indicate things that need to happen in magic. And so we have other ones, like, so with Chains of Mephistopheles, only recently does the very end say if the player doesn't discard a card this way, they mill a card, right? Mill yes. has recently gained Used to be just put the top card of your library yeah. into your graveyard or top X cards of your library into your graveyard. Which takes up a right. lot more space. And so now it's just even cleaner, right? This Oracle text, I think with the word mill on it, it actually shortens the text and makes it a little bit more legible, especially with that last line, right? Just because... Yeah, Millicard is a is a really easy to understand concept, right? If I say Millicard, 
you know exactly what to do, and it takes you two seconds to think about what to do. If I say, put the top card of your library into your graveyard, now you're thinking about all different things. You're like, all right, my library, where does it go? It needs to go to my graveyard. Like, you have to process multiple words and actions. Millicard is just like Millicard. You're like, okay. It's like three times the amount of words, too. So just in in the amount of, like, words you have to say, processing time, and then the game action happening is just, like, significantly increased. Yeah, it's like making it like a motion that you do like mill is like an action right it's like the opposite of draw basically put it down mill yeah yeah, it's like um and that's uh surveil also i think is one of the newer ones that just got recently keyworded because they literally printed consider and now they're reprinting it with just like surveil on it it's just surveil one yeah 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 surveil was was which is nice what the change with surveil was that it became evergreen and so, oh, you know, you're right. It existed. Well, no, they, well, they also eroded uh, all like old cards to also have surveil. Right. There were like a handful of cards, like 20 or something, that all had just. And landfall. They did it with landfall yeah. too. Right. And so these are ways yeah. that, that they make the cards more readable. Uh, just makes it easier to look at the card and know exactly what it does. If there's an effect that starts with landfall, that just preps your brain to know what to expect. Like, okay, a land's going to enter the battlefield and something's going to happen. But what I find interesting is because they just did that for Tireless Tracker. Um, It's now Landfall um, Investigate. But, um, and Tireless Tracker is going to Arena with uh, Shadow of Innistrad Remastered. It still says when a land enters the battlefield. So it's still not really saving that much room. It just kind of makes it a landfall right. ability. Well, that's the thing about landfall is that uh, landfall doesn't actually mean anything. So this is getting into some other specifics about like different types of keywords. So we can talk about this. This is actually mm-hmm. pretty interesting. There's a couple of different types of keywords. Uh, there's creature keywords, right? These are basically just what we know as keyword mechanics, right? Flying, Flying trample, trample, right? Vigilance, death touch. They just mean something. They they explain what they do. They don't necessarily cause something to happen, but they mean something. And then there are keyword actions. That would be like mill or create, which is another one I wanted to bring up, creating tokens. Uh, going back to the hive for a sec, that's a, you know, for a long time, even the Oracle text was longer because it said, rather than saying... Let's see if we can find that. Uh, it's like put into play. Put, yeah, exactly. Instead of saying create a 1-1 one, one colorless, yada, yada, it said put a this token onto the battlefield. And put a onto the battlefield has been replaced with the word create, which is another really... I remember when that Way happened. I, I can't remember when it was exactly, but when I saw that, I, like that was like my that was like my personal like birthday for magic i was like (laughs) that's the best thing i've ever seen like i I remember like looking at looking at the words for making you know what it was when yeah i think it was like 2015 or something oh really something like that i I have to i have to investigate that um but uh it was just like that's just such a great word save and create such a good word you're just like yeah okay yeah create like you know what to do with it yeah, it's like, oh, man, I love creating. Exactly. Um, of course I'm going to slam this token on the battlefield. Exactly. Um, yeah, so that so creating, milling, uh, surveil is another one, scry. These are all keyword actions. They, You can just put the word on a card, and it just 
does something. Uh, yeah, you're just like scry one. It's telling you it's a whole effect built into it, right? So you can kind of see the That's difference. That's like Cypher too, right? Cypher would fall under that. Cypher would fall into that. Yeah, exactly. Which is such a weird. <laughs> Actually, one, that's but I so love funny. It. I, so yeah, fun. I have Cypher written down later. We'll talk about. That's, I know I saw it pop up and I was like, oh, like, but that's like, that's a good mechanic. I like it's, I like Cypher. Yeah, it's yeah. wild. Uh, I wish I had more, but it's kind of boisted. And then uh, the last one um, is ability words. Uh, ability words is is landfall. Um, now ability oh, okay. words. So landfall is an ability word. Uh, let's see, what are some other ability words? Um, eminence is ability word. Uh, lieutenant's ability Alliance. word. Alliance's ability word. Yeah. So these are Minter. all. They're written in italics and they are followed by a, a m dash, and. They don't actually mean anything. You cannot put alliance without something following it on a card. It doesn't do anything. So, and they also don't carry any rules baggage. So, if you wrote alliance draw a card, that doesn't do anything. Because ability But alliance, when a creature enters the battlefield, scry one. If this is the second time this has happened this turn, draw a card. So it has to tell you what to do. Ability words are, they're almost like glorified flavor words, right? Remember when flavor words came out in uh, Adventure in the Forgotten Realms? Yep. And uh, they're just like a descriptive word. They look exactly like ability words. Um, They just sort of are like, cross the river you know, and then it tells you what it does, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, it, it couldn't just say um, cross the river. You'd be like, what? What is yeah, that? Yeah, well, it's like, what do you mean cross the river or run? What What do those two things exactly. mean? Um, and then I have I have a question, sir. Mr. Sir. Um, so would these also categorize the um, current, like, enveloped universes beyond cards? Where say on like the Swarm Lord from the Warhammer Commander precons, you have like Xenos Cunning, and then Dash whenever this whenever a creature you control with a counter on it dies, draw a card. Yeah, so that's a flavor word. Yeah, right. Because okay. so okay. the only difference between a flavor word and an ability word is that flavor words are you know they're just made to made to order, if you will. They're for the card. Right. They they're not necessarily going to be repeated. Where an ability word, the intention of the ability word is to let you logically group things. Like we're talking about with landfall, right? Like you see landfall on a card, you're like, a land's going to end or something's going to happen. Yes. Right. And the, the, the flavor words are more like just to be cool and kind of like a descriptive of what's happening on the card. Okay, nice. So yeah, and they don't, they're not repeated, which is one funny, weird thing that happened in Adventures in the Forgotten Realms is that they had an ability word, right, that had repeat, had pack tactics. And pack tactics yes, is an yes. actual ability word that's when you attack with with creatures with a total power six or greater and then do your effect. Something happens. Something yeah. happens. Sorry, can I, um, can I just flex real quick? I went through Scryfall. I looked up every single card with the word create, and then I just went, like, through order. And then it's actually... Um, I was right. It's servos. It was uh um Kaladesh. Kaladesh, yeah, was when they made create servo tokens. Yo, yeah, let's go. Nice. I called it. That's sick. Good, good. But now good it's flex. everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember <laughs> seeing flex. that. I'm just being thrilled. I got it right. <laughs> being like that is the sickest update. Anyway, 
Um, oh, magic really popped off today, ladies. Yeah. I was, what I was, I was like, I was like, this is a win. This is the win for the me community. <laughs> In the history books, they'll remember this day. In my personal history books. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyway, that's just a little side tangent on the different types of words. So, Tyler, to your point about tireless tracker, Tylerless tracker. Um. Yeah, it's going to still tell you what it does exactly, including the land part, but landfall helps you. It like preps your brain to know what is going to happen. I also had one other because a lot of the other the issues that uh, that we've been talking about are like these ancient cards. The Hive is from Alpha. Chains of Mephistopheles is from Legends. Right. These are cards released within the first year of Magic, but templating issues, uh, you know, we still run into them today, which we'll talk about um, later with commander cards. They have, I don't know if I'd call them a templating issue, but they have issue to, issue to some. But one that was a big deal, I remember if you're on Magic Twitter, you probably remember when Streets of New Capenna came out, um, there was this card that everyone was like flipping out about. Do you guys remember this card, Lagrella the Magpie? Yes, yeah. Ryan, do you remember Lagrella? No, I actually got to look it up real fast. All right, so just... Is it, it's a Bant one? That's right. So I'll read the text of Lagrella the Magpie. And, and Ryan, since you don't remember, tell me what you think this card does upon first hearing it, all right? Pay, pay close attention. And listeners at home, you, you do too. If, you don't, if you're not familiar, try to think of what this card is trying to do. Okay. Okay, okay, lay it on So me. it's a three mana, Bant Colors, it's two, three, legendary creature, Lagrella the Magpie. When Lagrella the Magpie enters the battlefield, exile any number of other creatures controlled by different players until Lagrella leaves the battlefield. When an exiled card enters the battlefield under your control this way, put two plus one plus one counters on it. That what is that? You want it? You want it? That, you want like, it one more time? Second, sec- I let me try and just see if I got it. Right. This man's making like a big thinking face. Yeah, <laughs> it's. Can you give me? Give it to me one more time. Right, here you, one more time. <laughs> When Lagrilla the Magpie enters the battlefield, exile any number of other target creatures controlled by different players until Lagrilla leaves the battlefield. When an exiled card enters the battlefield under your control this way, put two plus one plus one counters on it. What does it mean by different players? What do you mean? What do you mean I different think I players? Got it. What do you mean? Like, yeah, Ryan, like, what do you mean different players? Like, what, what does oh. it mean? I'm think what I'm thinking is when it enters, you could in theory Blink, right? Because what we're doing is blinking any number of creatures. But if those are any of them are your creatures, they enter with a one-one counter on them. Kind of. It's more like a. It's more like a banishing it's light. An, it's, it's like an they're gone until. It, it, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. until the end step. No. No, until Magpie's gone. Oh, okay. Any number of. But when it says controlled by different players, is like, what do you like? Does that put a number on how many I can exile? Yes. You can get one per player. That does not, that did never, never, never ever occurred to me. Right. Because it says creatures. Yeah. Target creatures. So you can get like one creature per player, including yourself. What? No. Right. So, yeah, that's right. So exile any number of other target creatures controlled by different players, meaning each creature has to be controlled that you target has to be controlled by a different player. So I'll target okay. your creature, Ryan. I'll target your creature, Tyler, and I'll target my creature. They're each controlled by a different player. Exile them. And then they come back when like leaves the battlefield and blah, 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 the rest of the effects. But 
Yeah. Right. It's confusing. It, any number of target creatures controlled by different players. Different players is this is the sticky word, right? Like you're saying. It's weird, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. Players different than each other or players different than the controller of Lagrella. Right? That's kind of the question. It's like you're different than yeah, me. Yeah, like <laughs> so Yeah. <laughs> And then you, you, oh my god! And it says target creatures, right? So which is just like because creatures is in reference to the fact that it is hitting multiple creatures, but it's only one creature per player, right? Where it would would make more sense to like exile. So can you guys come up with another per player? Can you come up with another magic ease version of this? Oh god. Uh, um when Lagrella enters the battlefield, for each player, he may exile one target creature until Lagrella uh leaves the uh leaves play or leaves the battlefield. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's kind of when, the other version. Right? Yeah. When it when it when Which it enters the battlefield, exile up to one target creature. For each player, exile up to one target creature. For each player, yeah. For, yeah, 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 right. Yeah. For each player explains yeah. the the sticking point. Oh, oh, yeah, because then it goes, oh, okay, so for each person playing the game, so each I take one thing from each person, where the other one is creatures controlled by different players, and I'm like, well, the, can, I, can I exile the whole board? Right, exactly. Can it it I, looks like, like a three-mana, <laughs> one-sided board, right? That's, that's the issue with it. Yeah, it just, it just, it doesn't read smooth at all. Yeah. And that, and that came out 10 months ago. Yeah. So this is kind of one of the, and also just from my personal opinion, the text box on this card is like ugly. If you look at it, it just like is large, fills up the whole thing and has a lot of like important words sort of smattered all the way across it. Exile. Other target creatures, different players, exiled card enters the battlefield. Like there's all of these like little like little gears are turning as you read the card like constantly, right? It's not like because a lot of cards you kind of get to a certain point and your brain like almost autofills, right? You're like, and then you do this. Okay, got it. Right, like as soon as yeah, exactly. And this card is a great example of like you look at that text box. If you try to read it quickly, you will fail. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like if you are playing in LGS, someone lays this down, and you don't really check it, and you kind of just run with it because you think you got it, you don't got it, and then something's gonna happen, and no one's gonna know what's going exactly. on. And the judge <laughs> is gonna if, be called and be like, "I don't know what's going on." Even if it didn't have that kind of weird wording with the different players thing, even if it was the version that we said, it would still read kind of. You'd kind of have to read it maybe twice. Clunky, right? Yeah. Just to like the okay, okay, what does that do again? And you kind of you get it eventually, but. Right, it's just got a lot of words. Things aren't separated out. And the way that that's actually formatted on the card, we'll come back to that later, but that's one of the things that I feel like has been plaguing modern magic, and I kind of want to talk about why. But I also kind of want to talk about the, the, you know, the parsing of a card and just sort of being able to, like, like just know what it does. Right, and so one thing we're already talking about is the um, these we just talked about keywords a bunch, right? And so keywords like they all have different levels of like 
Mill, like we talked about. For some reason, it's funny. Don't you guys feel like Mill is like not? It doesn't actually make sense. Like it feels right, but why is it Mill? Mm-hmm. It's not flavorful at all. Like what is that? It just because it's like magic slang because it's been in the player base for like twenty years because people just called it that, you know. But like right. nothing about like mill. Like a mill is grinding like grain <laughs> into flour. Like, what about that has to do with putting the top card of your library in your game? Right, it's so like, grandfathered in. Because it came from the card uh, Millstone, right, which was the first card yeah. to ever do it. But In Magic Tradition, whichever was the first card to do it is what it's named after. Right. Like, Wheel yeah. is Wheel of Fortune. Wheel, exactly. Or Ritual is Dark Ritual. Exactly, exactly. Uh, man, Richard Garfield really <laughs> set up a lot of, a lot of stuff. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, guy's a genius. <laughs> but yeah, so there's. I was listening to a uh, one of Mark Rosewater's podcasts. Like I was saying, Drive to Work. If you haven't checked it out, and you like this type of topic, this sort of nitty gritty magic stuff, definitely go take a listen. Um, but he was talking it's about really good. different keywords, different mechanics, and how some are easier to understand than others. And, I mean, even just words on the cards. Some just. You read it and you like, it sounds like what it does. It, it just makes sense. And so he said that there's sort of three categories of, of uh, keyword words. So the first category would be like, it's just completely intuitive. An example of this would be like flying. Flying is so intuitive that you almost don't even need to know the rules. Like if you if you get any level of magic... Flying just kind of explains what it does. I think trample's like that too. Trample just makes sense. Yeah, it's just like right? I'm gonna tramp. I'm gonna go over you. I'm a big elephant and I'm stomping over you. I'm trampling over you. Right. It, it the, within the name itself, yeah. it's teaching you what it does. Like haste and death touch as well. I think haste is fast. Death touch. Ones. Yeah. It's like I'm gonna touch you and you get death. And you die. Right. Yeah. First strike. It strikes first. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Double strike, it strikes twice. Right, exactly. <laughs> that you almost don't even need to know the rules of how it works just because the word is so strong. You read that word and you're like, yeah, I get it. I get what you're going for. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of the times they match very well with like whatever the actual like creature or art is too. Exactly. Yeah. I think Scry is, maybe Scry is the next one, but I don't know. Scry makes a lot of sense Right, Scry is like kind of somewhere between... One and two. One and two. So yeah, I was yeah. gonna say Scry gets into the next one. The I think. second category is sticky names, right? These they're they're sticky, and that once you learn what it does, you can very easily connect the meaning of the word to the effect. So Scry is a great example where you're like, oh, Scry, you're like kind of looking into the future. Like Scry doesn't necessarily tell you what to do because Scry is actually a pretty complicated mechanic. Uh, has yeah. a lot of action. It's got all it. yeah. The reminder text for it is like crazy. It's insane. It takes up yeah. so much room. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but once you learn it, um, it's one of the reasons I think it became evergreen. Is that once you learn it, it's just so sticky. You're like, oh, scry. You, you look. And you it makes sense. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're you're looking into somewhere. Like you're looking like scrying in, like D and D. The scrying spell is like you look elsewhere. Like you um, and a lot of fl- magic flavor and stuff is based on D and D. Um, totally and scrying is like your it's a spell where you can look elsewhere in the world like you can just take like a camera and look at what your enemy's doing or like you know it's like you're just looking ahead or looking somewhere right 
And a lot of keywords, I would say probably the bulk so of keywords sense. exist in this second category. Um, some other examples that like can think of would be like vigilance. Like it doesn't tell you what it does, but it makes sense. Once you know it, it makes sense. Like, oh. Or menace. Menace is weird. Yeah, menace, exactly. It's like, oh, it's like, it's scary. So things don't want to block it. Okay, sure. Fear. Fear. Fear is funny because, yeah, fear is like... Uh, a fr- you're afraid. Fear is like one of the weirdest mechanic things because what is it? Is fear... It, are you afraid? <laughs> you have fear. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Are they afraid? <laughs> it's it's one of the reasons why it was um, phased out. Changed, yeah. yeah. but um, pr- I, I still think it makes sense, though, especially with the old magic flavor that where, like, black is, like, evil and dark. It's so scary. Um. Yeah, scary. So it's like you're causing fear, and then like artifact creatures are robots. Right. So they don't feel. They fear. don't have fear. They don't. They have don't feel fear. <laughs> yeah. Same reason yeah, that uh, I like that terror. Right. Terror kind of invented the non-black non-artifact. So like black yeah. creatures, they're they're also scary. So they don't get scared by scary things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like such a goofy flavor. <laughs> oh, scary things can't be scared. Exactly. Duh. <laughs> um. Yeah, you can't like kill a zombie with, 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 fright. So, yeah, how are you gonna spook a zombie? He's already dead. That thing's already spooky. <laughs> he's yeah, he's he's the spook. So, but what what's the the next level down? So the last category is this names that just aren't sticky. Mark Rosewater called them non-sticky names, right? These these are these are effects that just like don't really match up what they do to what they are called or the name just doesn't really have enough meaning to even relate to like once you learn it you're like why is it called that like it doesn't help you remember you're it's kind of an uphill battle so an example that one of the examples that i always think of and one of just the weirdest and worst mechanics ever designed is this mechanic called radiance you guys familiar with radiance yeah, it's it enters with a certain number of charge counters equal to the number of colors spent to cast it. I'm really glad like that you that. said that because that's not what radiance does. N- nice, <laughs> that's nice. sunburst. Yeah, what's it? What's it? Oh, that's sunburst. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the what's yeah? What does radiance so, do? That's radiance weird. is like exactly like what 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 does it do? So radiance is the radiance is the original mechanic for Boros from the from original Ravnica, and oh okay, radiance is an ability word much like. We were talking about with uh with landfall and uh with you know the the dash words radiance basically yeah, st- they do that a lot with ravnica like all the ravnica guilds have like a million of those right yeah uh lots of those for sure uh but radiance says radiance is effectively do something and do that same thing to each thing that shares a color with that thing <laughs> All right, so I'll, yeah, I'll read you. Uh, I'll read you a uh, a card that that this card's been reprinted probably the most of any uh, radiance card. So cleansing beam. It's a five mana red instant radiance. Cleansing beam deals two damage to target creature and each other creature that shares a color with it. So radiance. Radiance. What, <laughs> what does that have to do with ra- like radiance? I was gonna say the first card that popped up for me made sense with the mechanic it's called bathe in light it's one in a white at instant radiance choose a color target creature in each color that share a color with it gain protection from the chosen color until end of turn like that kind of makes sense like you're bathed in radiant light right yeah you know, from heaven and you're you're saved but then like cleansing beam just looks like they're blasting some goblins and it's like what's the i do find it amusing that all of the um 
cards with radiance have some sort of like a light theme to them they were like oh shit we named our mechanic radiance i guess they all have to be about light we got yeah bathe in the light, insight flame cleansing beam like there's insight hysteria and there's just like light pulsating from the background of these people fighting right yeah <laughs> so it's kind of weird it's like also boros is uh is the army right they're like the the, the cops yeah, yeah. of ravnica like why is their mechanic about light and why also like why is this even their mechanic like so radiance has a lot of questions to it but one of the things about it is that it's like why is it called radiance it doesn't really wouldn't it make more sense to call it something like mirrored or something like that or like chain reaction i don't know you know what i mean like something that actually describes what's happening with the effect radiance doesn't actually mean anything yeah or like a line or um like line up like stand yeah stand together phalanx you know, or something, something. Like, yeah. yeah yeah phalanx right. like anything that would mean like joining together right so radiance is a great example of something that just doesn't have a name that that sticks with you and i think that another one it's funny i was trying to remember this card name or this mechanic name i couldn't remember <laughs> cuz it's not sticky um is uh that i put down is cipher um, not that necessarily Cypher is hard to remember objectively, but, uh, it's effect and what it's called, right? That's what we're talking about right now is like the effect that it does and the name of the mechanic. They don't necessarily line up. Cypher, uh, Ryan, I know you were saying you like Cypher. What is, what does Cypher do? I was, I'm reading it again just to make sure I had it right. But the idea in, correct me if I'm wrong. So you have like an instant or a sorcery, um, you cast it, and then you have the ability to exile that card under that creature. And then whenever that creature deals combat damage to an opponent, you get to cast that a copy of the ciphered card for free. Yeah, right. That's the idea, right? Cypher has this yeah. weird thing to it where it, it uses this word that doesn't uh, exist in magic, which is another interesting templating thing. It says, exile this... When you, you may... Then you may exile this card encoded on a creature you control. Yeah, it, the fact that it says encoded is insane. Yeah, what is what that the mean? hell does that Why? mean? What does that mean? Say that. <laughs> well, it's because it's like I think it's the flavor of a cipher. It's like you encode a cipher. Yeah, yeah, but in, but, in terms yeah. of like playing magic and that putting that nothing. card down, and that you're means... like, oh, let me read the reminder text to this card. I ha I don't really know. What the hell is encoded? Right, you're like, wait, like, is that yeah. something I don't know about? It, it should have just been called encode. Yeah, that would have just been just as good. I like Encode actually is a stronger name for this. Um, but and then Cypher, yeah. Right, it's just kind of like if you read the word Cypher and then you read the ability, they just don't necessarily line up. I think part of it too is a lot of these ones from like Ravnica, they tried to make them gilded. You know what I mean? Right. Like a line. Yeah, that's to the Demir one. Yeah, so it's like the Demir one where Encoded might not have necessarily made as much like evil sense as Cypher sounds, but like. Yeah, I think that Ravnica also has the issue where they're trying to design a lot of mechanics all at once. They have to design five mechanics, and mechanics are pretty tough per set, yeah. tough to do, to make a bunch, especially with the restrictions, because it yeah. has to be these and two make colors, it flavorful. And it has to play well with the colors around it. There's a lot of design restrictions on why, you know, the the Ravnica mechanics are at times weird. Dredge is another one uh, that's just like, it does weird stuff, but... Uh, because we are here on Commander Paradise, of course, I thought it would be fun to use this sort of scale 
to judge the mechanics that have been made for commander specific products and their names because i feel like a lot of them are uh not the best <laughs> that's my opinion though so i think that we i wanted to talk about it with you guys yeah no i mean going through it the list that we have there's there is a chunk of them that i'm like what is this? What i think is this? one is amazing one told well one is amazing but also is backwards it's We'll get there. All right. So yeah, a lot of them. Yeah, we'll get into it. So I've compiled this list. This is like vaguely in chronological order of when they were added. Not that that's important, but uh, if you don't know some of these mechanics, they might be because you weren't around when these uh, commander weren't around. <laughs> you weren't playing magic when these uh, commander products came out. So the first one is weird. So I don't, th- I've never heard of that one. Yeah, it's a weird one. Um, Let's Oh yeah, I have no idea what this one is. <laughs> okay, so how about how about this will be part of it? So um So we have this list of mechanics in front of us. We're just gonna go down them. So let's start with the first one. This is a mechanic from the original commander or commander twenty eleven, uh, called Join Forces. Uh what you guys aren't familiar with Join Forces, so what do you think Join Forces does? Let's see how intuitive this one is. Is it flanking? <laughs> no, but flanking is sick and is also might be in might be in the That might be a two. Because once you know what flanking does, it does make sense. Yeah, a little bit. Kinda. Um I am not actually sure. I think it's like you and opponent can do something together. Because it's the first commander set they were trying to do like more stuff with like multiplayer. So it's like you and opponent can join forces and do something. Yeah, you're pretty you're pretty close. So yeah, so join forces is an ability word, like we've been talking about. Uh, it's italic, got the M dash, and basically they all somewhere on them say starting with you, each player may pay any amount of mana, and then there tends to be a scalable effect uh, in it. So like an X. Um, in fact, they all do have X, and then the X is just gets used on the card in some way so here's a card this card's kind of interesting called minds aglow it costs a single blue mana sorcery join forces starting with you each player may pay any amount of mana each player draws x cards where x is the total amount of mana paid this way so you were right tyler it does have something to do with your opponent you and the opponents all get to kind of team up and and pay like get this like communal pool of mana and uh do and you all get the effect it's interesting it's kind of similar there's a mechanic in battle bond that's similar but it's for another player it's assist Mm -hmm. like a like huddle up is a three mana sorcery with assist another player can pay up to two of this spell's cost and it's like two in a blue target players each draw a card two target players each draw a card so it's like you and your like two-headed giant buddy can right yeah pay for this spell so that's yeah that that one makes a lot of sense. I feel like assist actually is a is a is a pretty good, really good. name, right? So, yeah. what do you guys think of join forces as a name? I think it makes sense. Uh, I would lean towards non sticky because it's still it makes sense. But if you were to just maybe ask me like in a day or two what join forces is, I wouldn't know. Yeah. I wouldn't really know what to tell you. I'd be like, oh wait, we just talked about this. Everybody gets to do. Some something. Yeah, that's true. 
<laughs> right. I think that part of it is the effect itself is a little bit obscure. It's basically like all it really means is everyone gets a piece of mana. That's like what it what it actually does. And so actually knowing what the cards do is kind of hard to like comprehend. Yeah, like it's not it's very nebulous as to what you're joining forces for. Yeah. But I do feel like in terms of words on a card, I think join forces when when you read it and then you read what it does, you could kind of connect that. You're like join forces like Tyler kind of had it off the bat, which I think that even just that puts it in the two category in that yeah. You have some level of intuition based on the name. So I feel like if I was going to give it a rating, I'd probably give it a two. Two being the, the it's it's sticky enough that you kind of, it's sort of like intuitive and non-sticky at the same time. It's kind of funny. I Yeah, I would agree to that. I wouldn't say it's necessarily like a sticky mechanic, but like it wouldn't take long for me to like catch on and know exactly like what's going on in the situation. I just wouldn't necessarily have it like down like I would some other ones. Right. The cycle's kind of interesting though. They're all like one mana sorcery except for the red one. The red one is a six mana five, five flying trample dragon. And then whenever mana charge dragon attacks or blocks, each player starting with you may pay any amount of mana Mana charge dragging its plus X plus O until in a turn where X is the amount of mana pan this way. So it's like join forces, give this thing extreme fire breathing. <laughs> that one is interesting because it, it actually kind of feels a little bit more like that's the most interesting use of it because it's like, all yeah. right, everybody, we got to take out Tyler. Like, yeah. dump your mana Someone's into the problem. <laughs> And and like we're all gonna like spirit bomb this dragon and punch face. <laughs> it's kind of awesome. Kinda sick. That particular yeah, card fun. is sweet. Yeah, that might need to go in my dragon deck. You should do this. It's fun. It just if we can make like it like a fifteen five flying trample dragon, that'd be so sick. So yeah, it'd be fun. All right, let's go down the Bio list. powers combined. Yeah, let's hit the next let's, one. Let's let's shoot down the rest of these because that one like is uh. So we got tempting offer. This is uh, from the next commander set. Do you guys know what Tempting Offer does? Yes. Yeah, I just looked it up, actually. (laughs) I knew that one. Um, Because Tempt with Discovery sees a lot of play. It's like, um, you cast a spell, and then they can, your opponents can do something, and if you do something, you, if they do it, you get to, like, do it again. Right, it's or kind for like of each like each time an opponent does it, you do it. It's join forces, but evil. It, it's it's fixed yeah. join forces, yeah, basically, right? Uh, it. And there's no mana. It's just you, because like Temp with Discovery is just you search for a, like a basic or maybe a non-basic any land, and then they, if your your opponents can go get a land, but if any if any of your opponents do it, you do it again. It, it rewards yep. the caster more than the table. But it kind of gives the rest of the table like a, uh, the scraps. So I think that from a gameplay perspective, it's it's definitely like a improvement over joined forces, aside from the dragon, which is sweet. Uh, but yeah, what do you think of this as the keyword name? Tempting offer. I think it's it, it totally makes sense because it is, and it's like it kind of like leans into the fact that it's like kind of a bad like the. You're not supposed to do it, but like if you need it, especially with temp with the d- discovery, it's like you might be mana screwed. It's like man, that is a tempting offer. Like I need this land. I should. I 
but I know I shouldn't because he, he's going to get two lands. Yeah, I would actually lean towards one because you could probably just put like tempting offer and then X, Y, Z, you know what I mean? Whatever the thing is, and it would be like, yeah, like oh, tempting okay. offer, draw a card, tempting offer, add three mana or make three treasure. Right. Yeah. yeah. You would. Yeah, that's a good point. It's like, that you would know what would follow that tempting offer. Because it's like tempting offer make three treasure okay so i'm gonna make three treasure do you want to make three treasure and they're like no and you're like you and they're like yes and you're like i will also make three because you make you know like it kind of that flow makes sense yeah i agree i feel like it's it also just like when you put a card down on the table and no one's right before it it says this card has tempting offer they're all like they're they're prepped in a way that you're like okay i know what to expect from this card yeah, everyone knows they're about to get involved for something where if you say, okay, this card has joined forces, I'm like, is this the Superman secret layer or the <laughs> Batman secret layer? Like, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think it's it's pretty intuitive. It really helps you understand where the card is going. How about the the next one on the list, Lieutenant? Do you guys know what Lieutenant does? Yeah. I, I would say it's a slapper. I think it's really good. You guys like this one? Yes. Yeah. And there's a bunch of them that are good, too. Yeah, uh, lieutenant cards are really good, and I think it is cool because it is commander-based, and you know it's like, oh, if this card has lieutenant, it works with my commander. Yes, the Um, lieutenant for your commander. Yeah, it kind of goes hand-in-hand with some stuff that's on the list in a little bit we can talk about. So Yeah. Um, But I would would definitely say one, because you could could just say lieutenant um, creatures get plus one, plus one. And I'd be like, okay, I have to have my commander out mm-hmm. to activate Lieutenant. That's true. I feel like Lieutenant as a word, I feel like it's, to me, it's more of a second category because once you get the concept that like, this is the Lieutenant to your commander, right? It kind of plays on that like military rank, like absolutely nomenclature. But before you say that, before you kind of like put that together, you're kind of like, it's sort of like vigilance. You're like, well, what does it mean to be vigilant? Like, what does it mean to be a lieutenant? Like, I don't necessarily know that it's going to work if you have your commander without having read the card, you know? If I, but just the if word, I slap yeah. the card down no, and say, this sense. card has lieutenant, you guys know what's going to happen? If you've never read the card before, you're like, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't explain it necessarily. But I do think that once you get it, it's actually got some really cool, like, uh, connection you're like it's got some stickage for yeah, sure you're like oh yeah. it's the lieutenant you know, to your commander i get it i think it kind of well, maybe my commander is the same here, i'm making thopter tokens that uh joining forces stands from is kind of the nebulous of what it is it's like what are you joining forces for like what is the lieutenant even doing like you could know that it's works with your commander but even after that point like all the lieutenant effects are all different so there's no real rhyme or reason you know what i mean right so it's makes sense as like a sticky word but it's not like just a word you could print on a card i guess yeah um yeah i would say the next one's pretty fun though so so the next one is is myriad what do you guys feel about myriad for the word i don't really think it's good i I personally think it's horrible because it doesn't like really explain it doesn't explain what it, what it does, does and even once you read And that's it, not what the word myriad means. No, it's not. So, so it's not. That's crazy. Ryan, what what does myriad do? Uh, myriad is when if it's on like a creature, I think it's on only creatures. When this creature attacks, you make a copy of it for each opponent attacking that opponent. 
Um, and then you exile them after combat? Yeah, you exile them at the end of combat. Yeah. Um, which is fun. It's spicy. It's but a cool what the effect. hell does it mean? But, but myriad <laughs> yeah, it's, it's as a really a word cool effect, but it doesn't make any sense. Is is for the word. is is garbage? And I I kind of feel like you could have thought of a much better word than myriad. And I kind of think that one of the reasons that that myriad is the way that it is is that they wanted to keep it super, uh, like unflavorful intentionally, so that it could go on a variety of cards. Because if you called it like yeah army or something like that or something that implied that like needs a, to be like a humanoid you know. form. Then you couldn't make a yeah. you couldn't make um, Saprolings with Myriad the five mana, three three snake with Myriad. Um, but I do think that Myriad is this is kind of in my opinion where uh the commander words start going downhill. This is somewhere in uh what probably like twenty fifteen maybe this came out um. I'll find that while we're looking, but yeah, Commander 2015. It just doesn't explain it at all, and even once you hear it, you're like, all right, I'm going to have to read that again (laughs) after every time I play one of these cards, or eventually you might get it. Yeah, absolutely. So next is Partner. What do you guys think of Partner as a mechanic? Yeah, I'd say that's a one. That's a one for sure. It's like, this has Partner, means it can partner up with another partner, another dude. I think it helps too because it's not like partner is nebulous to any other card. You can only partner with something that has partner. Mm-hmm. So when you see partner, you're like, oh, it's got to be a partner with a partner. Uh huh. Yeah. I think now because now there's other things that have partner light. Maybe not like now it's kind of confusing. I will it's like, argue what can that I partner with partner with. I'll argue that but. partner could very easily be a variant on like the mechanic soul bond. If you guys are familiar with that mechanic. Which partners oh, two two creatures on the battlefield? Yeah. So to me, I feel like partner fits a lot more into the two category because if you just once you, it's really nice because partner is super simple to comprehend, and so once you read it one time, you're like, oh, okay, so you can have two commanders. Like, it's so simple to get, but you don't necessarily know. I think that if someone who wasn't familiar with commander heard of a mechanic called partner, they wouldn't even think. Like, they would never come up with what it does if they didn't know, right? They'd probably be all about what does it do on the battlefield because almost everything else does something on the battlefield or or when you cast or whatever. So I think that partner is good in its stickiness because once you hear it, you're, once you read it, you're like, perfect sense. But before that, you're kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of a little bit vague. That's fair. It's like, does it do anything once it's in play? Mm-hmm. When you cast it, because it's not, sh- it doesn't do anything in play. Actually, yeah, it it's doesn't only matter. in deck building. Yeah, um, yeah, we just stick it at a two. Yeah, this next one's poopy. What? I literally had to look this one up because I had no clue. Do you guys know what Undaunted does? This spell costs one less for each opponent you have. What? <laughs> what the shit? Undaunted? What is yeah, that? Yeah, that's weird as fuck. What is that? Nothing. Nothing. It means nothing. That word means nothing, and the cards are kind of nothing. There's like a green one, um, where it's kind of like a like a once in future. It's like I think you can return two cards from your graveyard to your hand, but it's like six mana, or like something. So you can get it down to four mana to return cards to your hand. But in that one time, you're in a six player pod. You're getting like two cards <laughs> back for like two mana, and that's awesome. But like that's never gonna happen. 
Yeah, it's just it, and as a word, it just doesn't mean anything. It, it, it's it's just genuinely meaningless. And I feel like, like from my sort of like thinking about, uh, like R and D, Wizards R and D. Uh, I feel like somewhere in this pocket, they were either they were trying to make sets too fast, or some, there was some, in my humble opinion, like lack of resources being diverted to the commander products that ended up with uh, names that just felt like they were added on at the last second. Yeah, they were like, what does it feel like when you're playing against three other people? It's undo- It's daunting. It's undaunted to cast the spell for less. Yeah, like, it's it's nothing. And I feel like that applies r- very much to the next one also, which is probably the worst one on the entire list, in my opinion, which is okay, wait, so un- eminence. Undaunted. Undaunted means not intimidated or discouraged by difficulty, danger, or disappointment. So, like, you don't care how many opponents you have. Couldn't that literally mean not, like any yeah. any magic card? You're like my, you know, my. Uh, what's the what's the T Rex that everyone thinks is funny? Colossal Dreadmaw. My, my colossal Dreadmaw is undaunted because <laughs> it has trample. <laughs> yeah, it's just not worried. And it's a giant dinosaur. I'm playing black, so all of my stuff is undaunted. We're not scared. So moving down the list, we got we got Eminence next. What does Eminence do? It allows the commander to do something outside, either in play or in the, the command zone. In the zone, yeah. Right, it's like this weird like command zone ability. Yeah, yeah. It's another another ability word that that basically just says this effect works in the command zone and on the battlefield. Uh, as a name, what what does that mean? I think it. I don't know. I think it kind of makes sense because they have like a like an aura about them that like permeates um beyond like normal ability you know like no other commander does that but these have an eminence about them that lets them transcend the zones because it's the ur dragon it's edgar markov it's arabo roar of the wild like they're just like the pinnacle of whatever they are and so they like i don't know i i think the word choice is good but the word choice doesn't reflect doesn't necessarily reflect what the mechanic does. Not as intuitively as like flying. But I think the word choice is good. To me, I think that if someone like, you know, if you're someone who plays commander casually enough, you know, you've seen a good handful of commanders and maybe you've got some commander product and you're like, hey, you know what eminence does? If you saw it like maybe once or twice, I feel like because mm-hmm. the thing about eminence is that it's so like the cards with eminence, like they don't really need a uh, keyword to write their ability out. Like I don't know, I just to me it, it feels so like like it can almost just not have a, a keyword because it doesn't feel like a keyword. Something about it does to me is just like mm-hmm. why are we saying eminence? It just doesn't line up with. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's because all four of them have right. It. It's it just to kind of give some sort of like it's cohesive obviousness to the, to the cycle to the set. Yeah, yeah, but. I don't know. I just I think it's just like really meaningless. But Ryan, what do you think? What do you th- Yeah, what do you think, Ryan? What do you think of Eminence? Tyler was right. I should have gone to the bathroom before recording. I told I, you. Yeah, I I'm going to go now actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um so I think Eminence is just in terms of a a word is like kind of cool. I think it kind of makes 
a sense like once you know what's going on um it fits in that nebulous like floaty category of like you know the concept of what it does but you don't necessarily know what the actual effect of it is um so like you were talking about how it like kind of falls under like landfall and stuff yeah i don't know i think something about it to me is just like eminence is just like a very vague word that could mean so many things and even once you get it it's just i don't know maybe maybe this is my own personal like i feel like when it came out i was kind of not paying attention to commander products so i like found out about it later maybe that's part of it but i don't know also i think that if you probably if you play in a lot of competitive scenes like i know like uh well both you guys right you guys do some a good amount of cedh uh yeah that and we both started playing pioneer too and so eminence like i feel like edgar markov is like one of the i don't know is is that even a cedh thing it probably isn't uh i don't think so actually um i mean there might be a couple decks for it but i don't know if eminence sees just because i know that edgar markov became like one of the sort of like hallmarks of uh just like annoying things that happen in commander yeah edgar markov has like a certain like issue because it's not necessarily fast enough for cedh i think tyler's a little more knowledgeable on that but like it's too fast for like casual commander right or just like it's too frustrating because it's uninteractive well, yeah, one, it's uninteractable, and two, it's really fast, and three, it's easy to build the deck to just, like, spin. You know, you just churn out one mana vampires right. and go really, really fast. Um, Tyler, I was going to say, um, Edgar Markov isn't a CEDH deck, right? No. I'm not. That's no, what no, I was going to no. say. I don't think any, any Eminence Commander is. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, yeah, because it's like, it is cool. Well, but maybe it's, Inala. I think Anala actually has some infinite combos because you can make instants and sorceries cost less or something like that. No, it copies wizards, but wizards do crazy things. Thinking sometimes. Of maybe so there might actually be an Anala. Is, is the Grixis wizard? Yes, they're definitely Kess, but That's I think Anala has like a fringe list because you're copying like dual caster mages or something. Yeah, because like, Anala makes <laughs> copies of wizards when they enter the battlefield. Yeah. Um, so there's some stuff that you could do there, but I think other than that, Eminence is like cool, but it's like almost too slow for CEDH. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think that I, I think my impression of Edgar Markov is that it's just like for a while there was like everywhere and people were annoyed about it. I'll give you guys the Gavin considered Gavin considers that card a mistake. He's like, he personally designed that card or he was like in charge of the set. And like, he like, he's talked about how like. He has, like, a YouTube video about it on one of his Good Morning Magic. It's, like, cards I made that I should not have made. Yeah, and yeah. Edgar Markov, Edgar Markov was number sure. one. So going down the list, the and next one another is, one that's coming up is he made that one, too. Which one? <laughs> Wait, which one? Uh, One coming up. We'll get there. Oh, oh, oh okay. Goad? Well, okay, this is the one I was talking about earlier. Because Goad, like, totally to me in my head makes it sound like... I'm going to make you, like, I'm goading you, and, like, I'm pissing you off, and you're going to come at me. But it does the opposite. It pisses them off, but they have to go somewhere else. It, like, makes them attack, but they can't attack you. I feel like with something you know interesting I mean? about Goad is that it's become so reused. And I kind of feel like Goad is just, like, a bad word. Like, how many people just casually know what Goad is or, like, use that word in such a way that... <laughs> 
that you know it's like that has any kind of a um what's the word like equity with the player you're like oh yeah goad goading like yeah like i don't think i had ever really in other than maybe some niche situations heard anyone say the word goad before magic I mean, I oh, knew what fair. it meant. I mean, it's yeah. like pro- uh, the definition is provoke or annoy in parentheses someone so as to stimulate some action or reaction. So it's just it like definitely an obscure does that. word. Like, wouldn't it? I wouldn't yeah. it just be so much better if goad was called like taunt? Something that's just like a word that you just that's like still like want implies like they're coming at this thing or like. Really, really, what it should be is that there's a mechanic called provoke. I'm pretty sure that is an old mechanic that is using up a good word. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Provoke is a, is an old mechanic that really goad should be called provoke because provoke, like, really would be almost in the same category as like intuitive. Like you, you, you kind of get what they're going for, but but because it says because it's goad, it's just like. I just think that that word has such little meaning to the average person. And I the reason I even have such a strong opinion on it is because it comes up so often. It's in like every game of Commander that that I play lately. It's it, no, they've really gone in cuz like um there was a whole there's a whole commander for it, um Marisi then um and then they've made more commanders that do it. So like there's two Nia commanders that do it. There's like the big drag. There's a blue red dragon from Baldur's Gate. It was like a mechanic in Baldur's Gate, like the draft set. So like, there's a bunch of cards that just say toga go to car- target creature, make draw a card. Yeah, stuff like, like that. I just um, wish that it was a better word. And to me, I don't necessarily even think it's not that sticky. I just think that it's a bad word for a mechanic. Yeah, I would say it definitely doesn't fit as well as like provoke would. Or I think even taunt would be good. Yeah, taunt, right? Like that. Like it. It it does just as well as explaining what goad does as goad. Like they both sound like they're gonna come at you, but they go at someone else. Like I'd rather say taunt. Like taunt is just has so much more meaning to me as a human being, and especially in games too. That's another thing is that like when you taunt something in a game, it's like a pretty you know it's like a well known. Like if you play any kind of like, MMO or you know whatever like just general like rpg game like it's like you aggro them yeah. it's like you gotta come to me exactly and goad is just not the word so i really wish they'd gone with taunt in this case i'm gonna give it a three for for bad word i give it a two because i think it totally makes sense once you get it you get it but choices. I just feel like, to me it's just like it's not it's not what i want it's not how i want to think of what that ability does but it's not as bad as like Undaunted. I yeah, feel like Undaunted, Undaunted is, is, is definitely really... like a three. Yeah, maybe. yeah. If we were to set it somewhere between two and three, I'd set it a little closer to two, but definitely in, in the in between. How about the next one on the list, Commander Storm? This isn't even actually a named mechanic, but it's just one of the mechanics that existed. I guess with theoretically we could skip that because they didn't give it a name. Uh, so I like it. I think I it think makes sense. Fun. I actually kind it's of like wish Storm, that they did give it a name, right? But it, for yeah it's not it's not named so i'm gonna give it a zero obviously because it doesn't count but i wish they'd given it a name that would have made it more interesting this is a do you guys know what this what i'm talking about with this that's yeah. a, i was just looking it up and it would make way more sense if it just said commander storm because commander storm makes more sense than the text explaining it right off the bat yeah so 
it's basically but there's just a like, really busted card read the find the red one the red commander storm card is like a mistake. fury storm yeah yeah when you cast the spell copy it for each time you've cast your commander from the command zone this game you may choose new oh targets to the copy copy target instant or sorcery spell <laughs> so you're copying <laughs> it can copy itself wait what because you cast it, then you make the copy, and then you just make the copy tar- co- uh, target the original one. And so you just make inf- its infinite um, like cast triggers and copy triggers. So like Magecraft, like um, with Magecraft, like with um, you make infinite treasures, you make infinite um, pests with Sedgemore Witch, with Professor Onyx, you drain everyone. So like just one card, you've cast your commander, one card, you just like win the game. It's insane. Yeah, that is. Uh, it wow, makes Vayron infinitely big. So dumb. Yeah, it was like, and that's kind of like a maybe. I don't know. That's probably not what they intended, but that with the words on the card, that's what it does. Right, for sure. It do so, what it do. You. Yeah, I think that if there was a if there was like an ability word, Commander Storm, and then like a, a dash, it would be sort of like tempting offer. Where it's like, oh, if you know Storm, this is gonna like tell you a little bit about what this does. Yeah, and it builds off the like the backbone of what's already in the game. You know, like right. people who are play have played the game probably know what Storm is. Yeah. You say Commander Storm, you're like, oh, is that like how many times you've got your commander? And they're like, yeah, and you're like, oh, okay, cool. Right, exactly. And then because they all say blank Storm, they did this. They did the so correct they, thing yeah. with Commander Ninjutsu, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's Ninjutsu. If you know what Ninjutsu does. It's that, but for your commander from the command zone. Yeah, which is awesome, but also terrible. Right. So um, I feel like that one, it's kind of a bit of a cheat because you have to know what ninjutsu is. But if you do, I feel like it's it's absolutely a one. And if you don't, it's, yeah. it's like, you know, you just have to learn. You have to learn two mechanics that are both pretty reasonably named. Ninjutsu itself is kind of a bad one because like... I don't know. When I think of ninjutsu, I think of like Naruto. Maybe that's just I'm biased. And I feel like that's that one's tough because it's like, ninjutsu. what does ninjutsu actually mean? Does it mean what? Yeah, what is a ninjutsu like, or whatever? Does it mean yeah. sneaky? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know enough to answer. Because to me, ninjutsu is you make some hand sides and you make a fireball appear. You know, uh-huh. like and which that's probably just my brain. And like Naruto wasn't in the public consciousness as as it is now when Kamigawa was coming out. So maybe. Ninjutsu has a different connotation. Maybe that's what it actually when means. It but came out. That's another thing about naming keywords is that you can't go off what something actually means. You have to go with what people think it means. Yeah. Unfortunately. So. But I think Commander Ninjutsu is. I give it a one just for I the just because of what it. <laughs> yeah. It perfectly describes what it does. It's ninjutsu, but with with your commander. Your, yeah. Yeah. Uh, ninjutsu is a martial arts strategy and tactic of unconventional warfare, guerrilla warfare. And espionage, so it's being like sneaky. Oh, it's just being a ninja. Yeah, it's basically yeah, just being being a sneaky ninja. Okay, so um, it's probably good because I mean that's yeah. It is. It is. It do what it do. Yeah, Yugi. it do what it, it do. It do what it do. Yugi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the we've got two more here. We've got right here. We got encore. Uh, you guys familiar with encore? Yes, it's from Commander Legends, right? Well. Yeah, it Commander Legends, yeah. yeah. I think I might have just been thinking about Spectacle in my head, so now I can't remember. <laughs> no, I know what Encore does. It's you can cast this spell 
It's either you cast a spell or you just pay the encore cost and then you put three token copies of the... Or for each opponent, you put a token copy into play and then it might have to attack and then you sacrifice them at the end of uh, the end of the turn or you exile them at the end of the turn, something like it's, that. No, they're sacrificed. It is, it is sacked because it is a Pulse sack. of Pilfer is a die trigger and you get the treasure. Yeah, yeah. so like... It's sort of like flashback plus myriad for a creature. Or I guess, I don't know, whatever. Unearth. Yeah. Unearth and myriad. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. But as a word, it's funny that you said that you're thinking of spectacle, Ryan, because it, the word does imply a bit more of like a, I don't know, performance. A performance. Yeah, yeah. like a Rakdos type of carnival situation. Um Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not sure. I, don't, I honestly, and also one of the things for me about Encore is that the the uh, reminder text on it is, like, massive. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, and when I see something like that, I know for me that when, the, when, the, when you start reading it, you read Encore, and then you read the whole text box, it's like, what? Like, I don't know. To me, it doesn't, it doesn't, like, gel right. You know, it's... Yeah, it doesn't... It kind. I guess it like if you're just gonna sit there and really think about it, it get some of it kind of makes sense that it's coming back from the graveyard as an encore, but making all the copies and stuff doesn't really lend to the encore. Like, what does that have to deal do with it? Right. Yeah. Why is it making copies? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I think encore is a pretty bad. Yeah, I think it's bad. Yeah, I would. Agree. I think it's sick. It's a really great mechanic. But the name is not good for it's it. It's like it does. It doesn't make me excited to play more encore cards. I'm like, ooh, encore. Like if it was called something else, and maybe the tech, the reminder text was shortened a little bit, you know, it'd kind of like get my mind turning. But something about the name and the text box, and it's just you know the words of the cards, they just don't feel right. And that's that's kind of part of it. Yeah, I would definitely agree. How about the last one on our list, which uh, that we might be missing some, and we didn't include some of the other sets, but. Um, this one from uh, Strixhaven Commander, Demonstrate. You guys familiar with this one? Yes. Yeah, I, I like this one. I think it makes sense. Like, flavor-wise, it makes sense. It's maybe yeah. not as intuitive, but, like, I it totally makes sense, especially when we're talking about, like, because Strixhaven is, like, the magic school. Mm-hmm. So right, it's like you can have an good. opponent copy it, and then you get to copy it. If they do, you get, like, an extra one. Yeah. Yep. It's like you show them, and then if they and then they do it because you're demonstrating how to cast this spell. Yeah, it's like you do it, and then show showing them how to do it, and then you do it together. Yeah. Um, I think that is really really fun. I think that actually is like a. I wouldn't put it as a a one in this list, but I would put it as like a a a mechanic. Like it's a good mechanic. Yeah, and the I cards like are pretty it's good. A, it's a two because yeah. you know you don't necessarily. Demonstrate could mean it's a, a lot of things. It's because it makes sense, but, but yeah. Another benefit to it is that it's a simple mechanic. I think it's like two lines of reminder text or something. It is nice. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, just yeah. like it, it gels right. You read Demonstrate, you read the thing, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. You know, you kind of just like, it kind of just sits right once you read it. And I feel like that's kind of what the the sticky mechanics do. You're like, okay, I get it. I wouldn't, again, I kind of wouldn't want it on like every card ever because, it, you know, but it's a... Uh, yeah, it definitely like does a good good roll. So to recap the numbers we've got here, we have two. Two have uh, sit in the the one, the the intuitive ranking, which is uh, tempting offer and commander ninjutsu. Then we have nice. these are the the ratings that I 
put down, we might differ slightly. We have a couple, a lot of them sit in the two range, join forces, lieutenant, partner, eminence, and demonstrate. Those are all, you know, kind of get it. And then we have four threes, which is Myriad, Undaunted, Goad, and Encore, which I would be happy to never read any of those cards, <laughs> words on a card ever again, or go back in time and change it to something else. Yeah, absolutely. It's like Goad still, it always feels like a two, but it's like what word would be good for that? Just, yeah, I just feel like that's just like a it just better needs word. a better word. Just a better word. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and we kind of were getting at this at the end, but we have one last topic to talk about, which is the, 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 the giant text boxes that on cards, Myriad and Encore crazy. are contributing to, you know, when you have one mechanic on a card like Myriad or Encore and you have room for like maybe one more line of text, parsing through Commander product just becomes so just painful. Yeah, you're reading like a lot and this isn't even necessarily just like playing the cards. It's like when you're putting the deck together, there's just so much to go through. And like, I feel like as cards are starting to get longer, there's cards that like, wasn't there the one in Baldur's Gate that didn't even work with itself? No, that was Dominary like, United, the the Angel. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Accidentally, yeah, yeah, the Sarah Paragon was printed incorrectly. Just doesn't work. Yeah, just like, and it leads to stuff like that too. You know, it's just not always necessarily too much, but in terms of like the actual quantity, because you also showed us a screenshot of a lot of the cards in Baldur's Gate, and like mm-hmm. a lot of them have over like six lines of text. Yeah, they are they are really, really, really wordy. Just like I think that, that Battle for Baldur's Gate is sort of the direction that I feel like Commander has been heading in lately. Uh Commander product that is, in that they're they're trying to make interesting effects. And they're trying to make they're trying to make some changes to certain colors. Um, but that means that they kind of have to stretch what they're doing for certain certain effects, and it ends up you, you know it's almost like they've run out of like attractive looking effects and the only way they can make an interesting new effect yeah is like making each card, on a card do multiple things yeah all of its own things yeah, yeah. multiple things or like just kind of like makes you take cards and do weird things with them and they have to tell you what to do at every step along the way um i picked out a couple of really random examples these aren't even necessarily the 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 biggest culprits but uh one that I was just kind of looking back through some old commander sets, and there's the classic super expensive red like instant or sorcery that just like has like seven lines of text and just like does weird stuff with permanence or your library or random or something or whatever. So I chose this card, Soulfire Eruption. Yeah, I'm gonna read it. it. So this is a nine mana sorcery. That's red. Choose any number of target creatures, planeswalkers, and or players. For each of them, exile the top card of your library, then Soulfire Eruption deals damage equal to that card's converted mana cost to that permanent or player. You may play the exiled cards until the end of your next turn. That does so many different things. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Like, step one, target anything you want. (laughs) Step two reveal cards and like shoot that card's mana value at that then thing cast the spell step three hang on to that card and you can play it until the end of your next turn 
it's until it's the end so of your things. next turn. That's yeah. bogus. But you have to pay for it. Right? And then you... That's exactly... You have to... Yeah, you do have to pay for it. But you have to keep track of so many little details on a card like this where you're... You, any number of creatures, you have to remember if you targeted things and some things have abilities when they target, when you target them, like Ward or something or whatever like that. Uh, and then you're revealing cards and you kind of like have to... How does it work for each of them? So then you have to like go... Imagine if there's like a big board, like, you know... Someone's got 10 tokens, someone's got five creatures, and someone's got whatever, another three. You're like, all right, uh, this token uh, revealed this. It's a land. Okay, next token. And, you know, you've got a dice there sitting with, like, a 10 on it. You're like, uh, like, it's just so... It's a lot to resolve. There's a lot to keep track of. Uh, It almost ends up kind of... We talked about this in the Wincon episode, too, is that it kind of leans into that Torment of Hailfire thing, too, where, like, someone has to sit there and with a dice, like, count each time around the table you've gone around, and, like, unless you do it for an infinite mana and you're like, I win the game, it's like, okay, now we have to sit here and resolve Torment of Hailfire six times, and, like, we're, someone's going to lose track, right. someone's going to forget something, and then people are going to get salty because we just did six whole rounds of discarding stuff and now someone like can't remember if they discarded a card or not um and it's just like is not fun to like play through right totally and the, the gameplay of this card is definitely questionable but the reason i brought it up is because of how long the text box is right it's it's seven lines of text and it says so many different like magic ease things right target creatures players planeswalkers you know target them exile the top card of your library now you have to look at that look at a number on that do that to the thing that you've chosen then you hang on to that card put it aside and it's just like this card the the idea of what you're trying to do with it is relatively simple right like you you get to shoot the top card of your library at everything you want, and then you get to play those cards. That's pretty cool. But the way that it ends up written out on the card makes you have to read it a bunch of times, and it's almost sort of like, imagine this card is really good in your deck. Like, like I can imagine I would run this card in my uh, Norset yeah. deck. Because um, a lot of the cards, you know, a lot of the cards yeah. cost like 10 or whatever. And this card would be a great thing to hit with Norset. That'd be awesome. But, like, I think that I might not play it just because I didn't feel like reading it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, I look at the card, you're like, all right, choose any number for each, do a thing that's, like, convoluted. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. That's how I felt about Life of the Party, card. too, for a long time. Dude, I just that didn't card's play awesome, that. though. It's cool, but I didn't play it because it took me so long to read. I was like, I just can't do this. Have you seen that card, Josh? I'm looking at it right now. Four mana, oh, one. First strike, trample, haste. When it attacks, because it's almost 0 until it interacts with the number of creatures you control. When it enters battlefield, it's not a token. Create, each opponent creates a token. It's a copy of the tokens are goaded. That's a lot of Yeah, just things. to make some like kind of dinky creatures that <laughs> kind of kill each other. This is um. This would be great in uh in Sean's... Spider um, deck. Or, yeah, Fantasy deck. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely, right? This is the type of card that that it's almost kind of like it doesn't it doesn't go where you're expecting it to go in the text box, right? Like 
it's a four mana O one for a strike trample haste. That by itself is already it begs many questions. You're like, all right, what am I gonna do with an O one? And then the next part, when it attacks, it's plus one plus O, where X is the number of creatures you control. You're like, okay. But it's you control, not anyone else, but like everyone has one. So that's kind of weird. Right. And so, and then it's like, then that you make copies for the other players and and then they're goaded. And then you're like, like to me, this is just like, I would not expect to make a bunch of tokens of it and goad them on, on the opponents. That's just sort of like, I would not, like you were saying, Ryan, I would maybe skip playing this card because I didn't feel like like thinking through what Yeah, I'd rather just does. play some cards, draw some cards, and make the big thing go boom. Sometimes I don't want to read. And like and that's exactly. also hard to keep track of if you if you aren't sure what the card does and then it affects everyone. It can be kind of like overwhelming to be like I don't want to inconvenience everyone because I don't know what this card does. And I'm going to have to like play it and then figure it out. And then I'm probably going to be wrong. And then we're going to have to pause. Then we're going to have to do this. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. Like this one has three keyword abilities, something that triggers one and attacks and the battlefield ability that causes a bunch of things to happen for the next entire go around the table. Like it's, you know, like I really do feel like this is like I was saying scrounging for, a, for interesting effects that, it ends up making a really long text box full of stuff. I think that Life of the Party, in a way, it's easy enough to look at and like. If you're an experienced Magic player, kind of you just you can almost skip the first line. You can easily parse the second line, and then the last line is kind of where you get hung up on it because you're like, wait, why? Like, um, one of the things that, uh, let's see, where do I have this right now? Oh yeah, yeah. This is like uh, an issue of, of mental processing. There's actually a, a Drive to Work Mark Rosewater podcast on mental processing that uh, just came out in the last week or two. And one of his quotes that I liked was he said that players don't tend to understand a card when they don't understand the essence of what the card is doing. So it's like, what is the goal of this card? You know, like, I think that's one issue that that the text boxes that we're seeing these days have where like you're as you read through it your understanding of like what the goal is doesn't necessarily solidify no um, what do you think of that? yeah especially that soul fire eruption it's like where where are we going it's like we're dealing damage to stuff we're stealing cards from our opponents we're casting the spell like it's just too complex and you're not even stealing stuff from your opponents. And you're like, it's you still got to cast them, yeah. Yeah. You're kind of like just, you're like trying, and then like uh, Soulfire Eruption is great because it's like, you're like, oh, it's it's like a, I get it. It's like a one-sided board wipe. That's sweet. And then at the end, it's like, and you can play them until your next turn. You're like, wait, what am I supposed to do with this card? Like, does that mean that I should target myself also and my creatures? Because now i want to be able to play more cards next turn like it just it it, you know like what is the goal of this card like what what like how can i take this card boil it down to like a really simple effect that i can understand in my brain and kind of like make it this little nugget that i can just let it for me like the like the big example of that and they've done because i'm bringing this up because they've done it like on like twice now is like the brina the demagogue effect where it's like um, Brina is a commander from Strixhaven, and she says, 
whenever a player attacks one of your opponents. If that opponent has more life than another of your opponents, that attacking player draws a card and you put two plus one counters on creature on a creature you control. So it's like you got to worry about your creatures. Right. You got to worry about your opponent's creatures. You got to worry about your opponent's life totals. You got to worry about uh, your life total to see if you don't have. It's just so and much just like when stuff. You look at the and card. like at the end of the day, it's just you put two counters on something and then someone draws a card. Like you look at that card and you're like, what am I supposed to be doing with this? Like it, it takes so many reads to get the essence of the card effect that you you like you're like oh it's so hard to be like oh this would be great in like it's good in no deck, deck because you don't i mean it's well it's kind of good in every deck which means it's good in like no deck or like it's a kind of interesting commander but but it also kind of has the lagrella the magpie like you read it you have to read it and understand and like do this like parse out like wait my opponents are my opponents i have to count them and yeah like you said there's a lot of like keeping track of things and I feel like this is a great example of like, it's an interesting effect, but actually written on a card is not, it doesn't. Yeah. It's hit like, right. yeah. In like, play, like playing against Brina, it is cool. Like when it works and like, you know how to like, how to strategize and like how like you're that's like another... directing your attack so you can draw the card, you know? And like, it is interesting. Um, but it's just, one, it, it takes a while to it's wrap your head around that, to like how you have to like not only do you as the person who owns Brina have to understand how it works but your opponents have to understand how it works too that's a big ask and so I know like when we played against Sean's Brina deck you're like wait if I attack him no do I get to draw a card like you don't want to have to ask if yeah. that is how that works like if you attack uh, if you attack the Brina player you'll never draw the card yeah yeah right which is like i honestly i wouldn't have been able to tell you that just from looking at it let's talk about one more before we can kind of like wrap up the concept of this which is uh i this card yeah that card's wild yeah i wanted to talk about this one one. yeah and it's crazy do you want yeah i I would absolutely love to um it is Elder Brain, a seven mana, five generic, and two black, six six with menace. And then it says, whenever Elder Brain attacks a player, exile all cards from that player's hand. Then they draw that many cards. You may play lands and cast spells from among the exiled cards for as long as they remain exiled. If you cast a spell this way, you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast it. So, like you steal their entire hand and they get to redraw it. It's just a ton of, this is funny because once you read it one time and you know, if you ever pay attention, you're like, you steal their hand. Yeah. They get a new hand, but you steal their hand and you're like, that's sweet. I just wish that it didn't have to be nine, nine lines of text, right? That, that to me is, just so much for what they're trying to get across with this card. And I think that this comes down to one of the main issues with the way that... I think that we're coming to a, a breaking point with the formatting of magic cards in Commander to get to these interesting effects, is that they have to spell out so much stuff 
they have to tell you exactly what to do with all of the cards, right? You have to exile them, and then you know you have to be told exactly what you could do with them. You can play lands, you can cast spells, as long as they remain exiled. Like, I feel like that line of text could easily go for as long as they remain exiled. Like, yeah. Like, isn't that yeah, just like, what Yeah, what, like, what else is going to happen? Like, I... Like, you cast them, and then they go in their graveyard, and then you can still cast them? Like, that... Yeah, what? that's... Well, and also, it's like, I guess the only thing that would interact with that is if someone were to, like, what, pull from reality or whatever, the... Whatever, there's that one card that can get stuff out of exile, or they, like, carn it back, you know what I mean? But it's, like, such that's a catty such a corner thing to... Have that to to interact right. with yeah you could easily just say you can cast you may play lands and cast spells or no you could just even say like right. yeah you, you can play, play the exiled cards and spend mana as, as though or mana of any color to cast it and that line of text also is another one where it's like you can spend mana as though or mana of any color to cast it that's just a really First of all, it's like a really ugly yeah. sentence. It's like they've used it a lot. There's a lot of black cards that do and that. Yeah, it's all over the place. That could easily get keyworded. I've always I've been a a, a proponent of using the word clear cast. Oh, like that is sick. Cast. That's hot. Yeah, that's like good. Gaunty. Yeah, Gaunty. Exactly. It started with Gaunty, right? And that was what like Aether Revolt or something? Question mark. It started with Gaunty. And it just hasn't been cleaned up. And one idea I had, now this is very radical, right? Okay, just just keywording some of that stuff would be great. Like, being able to play things from exile, uh, if we could find a word for that, that would be awesome, right? It's like, exile their hand, you know, like, you... Or you the exile their hand. These cards blank. have blank, and these cards have these cards have blank. Right, exactly, and, like and the, that those blank cards is, have. You can cast it from exile. Right, and it, it they gain clear casting and 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 blank, whatever. Exactly, and and uh, you know, beyond casting, whatever, yeah, or like, like mist or something like that. So they get clear casting yeah, and mist. Right. Or recall, There's lots of words you maybe. could use. I don't know. Recall, I think re- recall, recall might be a word. Already? Might be one already. Yeah. So, but so that would be a pretty reasonable approach. I don't really know why clear cast or just something like that. That mechanic hasn't come into existence. It's yet. probably like niche. Like, it just oh, hasn't shown up like enough. It. But when it does, it's always just like what? Well, mm-hmm. Right. Um, but to me, a bigger solution. And this is this will be controversial. This is my like hot, you know, templating take, is that I feel like we're getting to the point with magic where we need another zone. No, I refuse. I, I think refuse, that's coming, I bro. Refuse, I think I we're getting there. I think that's what battles are. That's probably. I think no. Now nah, we'll see what battles do. Right, they're a new card the type. But I think we need yeah. another zone. Because right now, exile is kind of like the like laundry basket mm-hmm. of magic. You just kind of like throw Sometimes it Sometimes you can cast stuff from it. Sometimes it's like gone forever, it but they're all, yeah. Right, exactly. Is it the gone forever zone? Which it kind of is. Is it the gone forever zone? Is it the you can cast it later zone? Is it the keep track of this because it's important? It's and, the Dothy Voidwalker you know, zone. It has which some is characteristics like you need to pay attention thing. to. Yeah. 
It's the study so, zone. To me, I think that there would be really cool if we had a new zone that I'm have been temporarily calling the standby zone, where cards like the cards that you steal from people with the Elder Brain and Gonti, they go there and you they have, you know, standby zone might inherently have the ability to be able to cast things from it. Uh that, you know, it's basically like a second hand where cards that you're going to do something with go. So another great use for this would be impulse draw, right? Reds draw where you draw and can cast until, you know, a certain amount of time. You could say, you know, put the top cards of your library into your standby zone and then, like, exile them at the end of your turn or whatever. Oh, we got adventures in there Uh, too. And then all of the rules as to how that is handled is built into that zone. And I feel like another cool thing about the idea for this would be that you could get some other new design space, right? This would open up some new design space that I feel like we've been really wanting for in in commander design. Like, you know how in Alchemy they have all of these uh, different effects that you can't do because you can't track like seek, changes to cards yeah. perpetual. zones? Perpetual yeah. is the big one I'm thinking of. Perpetual and... Uh, other things that that like just car, one-off card designs that affect mm-hmm. things in your hand. Boon, that you can't do because it's, it's. There's boon. Uh, boon could maybe be doing in person. Boon, yeah, right. Maybe. So the standby zone could have the inherent ability that it is uh, counters could go there, right? So if you got a card bounced to your hand, but instead it bounced to your uh, standby zone, it would keep its counters. It could keep its equipment and uh, and auras. Um, it could have these rules built in to move things to that zone and keep them attached, right? Because it doesn't have to change. It could be sort of like an extension. It's like this halfway point between the battlefield and your hand. And you could do other things like, let's say you can put things into the standby zone with, like, you know how there's cards that are like, you know, uh, Put basically like put a plus one plus one counter on mm. a card in your hand. That like yeah. are like alchemy type of cards. Could be like put a put a creature card from your hand into the standby zone and put two plus one plus one counters on it. You know, it doesn't you I haven't cast it yet. You still have to cast that card, but when you do, it has that has those abilities, you know, it has that or or it has lifelink. Or it has yeah. whatever you know. You could use this sort of like middle ground to open up a bunch yeah, more. Yes, so you had an uh, open section that was effectively your hand, but also Public open knowledge. knowledge. Yeah. yeah, there's so you get a um, benefit for having it there, but it's a detriment because like I see it coming. Yeah, or you put exactly. it there, you bounce and it back and forth or something. Like I, you can come up with a whole bunch of cool ideas. You know, like a card that's like if you would mill cards mill them into your standby zone you can like cast them again or like you know but the cool thing is that you could affect things in that zone like those cards cost less to cast or something cool cool stuff like that where like things are interactive yeah now, yeah you know? it's a little more because you're right exile is like uninteractable effectively you know um so it's like is right. it the is it the be gone zone or is it the basically i'm gonna stash all my goodies here Right. So I feel like that would be a way to, and a lot of that could be done in conjunction with shortening some of these things. So you'd get less text on something about, 
exile it, and then you can do this with it, and you can do that with it, the standby zone could just hold that rules information. Put it there, and it's, you literally just say, like, put it there. You know, it could almost be, like, it'd be like a word, like we were saying, how draw is put a card from your library into your hand, mill is put a card from your library into the graveyard. There could be one a word, like, impulse, that puts a card from the top of your library into your standby zone. And so it'd be like, you know, or maybe it'd be like standby, like standby the, you know, cards from your opponent's hand or standby cards off the top of your opponent's library. Yeah. You know, it just like shortens it so much. Standby a card against clear casting. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's just figuring out whatever that zone would be called and then how to interact with it. Um, but it would definitely, I think it would definitely cut down on the space. It would just make you want to play those cards because they have, you know, they just look, they, you can read it's, them. Yeah. And it's more fun get. when it's like two or three lines of text that you can get pretty easily and just like slam down. I think that's part of the fun when everyone, when you, everyone has to sit and stop and take a reading break. Um, it slows stuff down. Yeah. It just slows down. And it's just not as much. It's not as fun. It's not as fluid. Right. Yeah. yeah. Just takes forever. So I think that from a this is one way that people might not think to of the of a you know something that could change in magic like we don't think about the fact that words can change in magic until they do but I feel like for people to kind of get these ideas in their head and like look at the words and the cards and judge them the same way you would judge how the card does its effect you know you're like wow this card's really uh efficient you could also be like wow this card has really efficient you word use <laughs> or the vice versa this card is really inefficient with words yeah like, absolutely and it's something that like once you notice it you start to see it in more and more spots mm-hmm. um and i think that the more that people are vocal about caring about it and making it clear that this is sort of almost coming to a breaking point with where yeah complexity creep is, is getting is coming to a head for sure actually yeah like it, like I promise you, if you go look at the, uh, like look at like a, you know, card list of cards in Battle for Baldur's Gate, and it's it crazy. is just it's well, we're uh, we're in a standard with no vanilla creatures for the first time ever, which is wild. Yeah, that's right. pretty bonkers. Yeah, so words on cards. I think that we're gonna need to. It's almost sort of like magic has been collecting dust in that regard. And we need to uh, to sweep it off with some new technology, some new language technology. They did that. Uh, they you know they did that with sixth edition, which is where we got like the modern frames and the modern templating. And we haven't had another big update like that in quite a while. And I think that it's time uh, for some of these sort of effects that are right now they're kind of seen as niche, but like how niche are they when they're you know in yeah they're getting set. printed to the max at the moment. Right. Um, yeah, no, I think that's great. And I think, you know, hopefully there could be some kind of at least verbiage overhaul soon, you know, that would make just certain aspects of playing commander a little neater. Um, but also, why not just play a, a, what is it, a rat colony deck? All the cards have the same text at yeah, that point. Yeah, they all so. have the same thing. Yeah. yeah, just do that. That's the solution, actually. Everything's yeah, nice. everyone play only participants. Really per- 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 
Colony Rat and Dragon's Approach. Those are the three decks. I now. want more of those. I want like a white one that's like soldiers. Yeah, I think more, more a couple of more cards like that would be fun. <laughs> or gnomes. Give me like a green yeah. one where it's like a, just a bunch of like Kid-kin. gnomes. Yeah. That um, sounds awesome. Yeah, I think is that bring us to the end though. I think I, th- I, th- I think that it does. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say thank one. you for listening and hanging with us, and uh, thank you, Josh, for coming on and talking to us. This has been a really good time. Yeah, this has been really fun. I, I have not, yeah, you know, like I said, I have never really gotten to talk too much about all the magic things that I think all the time. So, uh, you know getting it out there i hope that if you're listening you learned something and maybe learned a, a new way to think about magic yeah absolutely and learn something about r and yeah absolutely and uh maybe we'll ha- we'll have you on again and we can get into it some more yeah we can talk more about card design and lots of more interesting topics that that have some interesting applications in yeah Commander. um do you have anything else you want to plug Things to plug, uh, not unless uh, your listeners like um, old school. I'm sure someone out there will. <laughs> oh yeah, series is definitely plug the. All yeah. right, for the one overlap <laughs> listener here, yeah, I'm, I'm on. I have a YouTube channel. Josh isn't gaming. Uh, you can find my uh, my old school RuneScape YouTube channel there. And but I did call it intentionally called it Josh isn't gaming because I think that eventually someday we're gonna have some magic content going up there too. So maybe subscribe in advance and you'll see when it drops. Awesome, yeah, give it a subscribe. All the the RuneScape videos are really fun. Yeah, they they are really fun. I'm like not I played RuneScape back in the day, but like I'm not like a current player, and I still find them like really really entertaining. So definitely check them out. <laughs>